Welcome to Side Effects with an A. When effect is normally used, it's a noun. It's already occurred. Effect is a verb meaning action. Action influences outcomes. I'm Scott McGowan. And I'm Anne-Marie Singleton. We will provoke you to think differently. Side Effects, where problems are defined, solutions exposed. Welcome to Side Effects. I'm Scott McGowan. I'm Anne Marie Singleton. We have a guest with us today, Antonio Chacha. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks Absolutely. for being here. And Great. you represent? I'm with the Ohio Pharmacists Association, Director of Government Affairs Forum. Been there for about seven years now. Gosh, so we just heard that. That's a mouthful. So I heard government, pharmacist, association. Yep. That's a lot of stuff we're going to talk about. Yeah, it all sounds a little bit scary. Yeah. A little bit scary. So. Yeah, so I have this pharmacy story for you, and we can maybe talk about some of these things. But um, so my mom's had this itchy rash for I don't know a couple of months now. Keep taking her to the dermatologist and her doctor, and every time we go, they say, "Oh, try this cream." So we go to the pharmacy and we get it filled, and it's 80, is that a HIPAA breach? 80, probably. <laughs> I didn't give her name, but okay. it's, I think I'm like her healthcare power of attorney or something. I better check on that now. Have to get signed off. Um, yeah. But so she tries this cream and it doesn't work and then she she throws it away and doesn't use it and it was like $80. Then we get another one and it's like $120 and she uses it for a day or two and it's like, come on mom. But she keeps asking me, why is this so expensive for this little tube of cream? And I'm like, well, if you had all day, I could explain it to you or you can just listen to this podcast today that we're gonna do and we'll tell you why the cost of that drug is so expensive, so. Welcome to the world of prescription drug pricing where nothing makes sense. Right. Uh, there are no uh, market forces like what we typically see in other port, uh, portions of the, of the commercial sector. Um, if you look at over-the-counter medications that pharmacies have been selling forever, Tylenol, you name it, um, the prices on all those medications have always been transparent and they have always been basically stabilized or trending downwards. As soon as you move behind the counter, that's where everything goes haywire. Everything changes. So tell me, what, what does your organization represent or do? Sure, so Ohio Pharmacists Association been around a lot longer than me, uh, 1879. It's a typical trade association. You have a trade of, uh, of pharmacy uh, or pharmacy professionals. Um, you, we represent everybody in, in pharmacy, so you name it, anyone from an independent pharmacist, hospital pharmacist, oncology pharmacist, uh, so regardless of where they work, it. you represent the actual person, the actual pharmacist. The employee. Okay. Uh, and uh, you know, most people always get confused and they, they'll call us the Pharmacy Association. If you look at the Rite Aids and Walgreens and CVS of the world, they typically work with the National Association of Chain Drug Stores. They do not, we work with them, but uh, not really as closely as most people might think. Right. So could I be a pharmacist at one of those chains and be a member of your organization? Absolutely. Do you have members? Uh, absolutely. Uh, if you were to look at our membership, uh, probably about a quarter of them are chain pharmacist employees wow. and managers. Uh, another quarter be independent pharmacy owners. Another quarter be hospital and uh, more clinic oriented settings. And another batch would be like faculty and students and things like that. Okay. So you've got this big epic problem of healthcare. It's huge. Yeah, which is a hot mess. Um, but what's even worse, this is my opinion, um, because I thought our healthcare system was dysfunctional, and it is, but probably the most dysfunctional part of our healthcare system is this whole thing of prescription drug transparency. Right. How yeah. much does a drug cost and why? 
Yeah, uh, you, you, the, you hear it in the media. Obviously, everything broke loose uh, last summer with EpiPen. It was the hot, hot potato that kind of exposed everything that was going on. And uh, what, you, what you end up learning is that um, the numbers are really hard to figure out. And so when the patient gets hit with that high cost at the point of sale at the pharmacy, um, that only tells a very small portion of the story of what goes on behind the scenes. And so pharmaceutical companies, sometimes rightly so, have been taking a beating in the media for out, outrageous uh, price hikes. Right. But at the same time, by only focusing on them, you are leaving out a major part of the equation, which is a litany of middlemen that are all incentivized, including pharmacies in some instances, to have higher list prices on drugs. Yeah, so th- let's talk about that for a second. Not that this is a podcast on EpiPens, but um, my son has a lot, a lot of food allergies and he's an EpiPen carrier. So mm-hmm. he's been carrying an EpiPen since he was four years old, now he's 15. And when I started to purchase them at age four, which I have to buy four of them, right? Because they gotta be with him and everywhere he is. Um, the price wasn't what it is today, and I'm not sure that the technology changed or that the norepinephrine or whatever's in that pen changed either. Um, so what what happened? I mean, I don't remember. Maybe it was a couple of years ago when I went to get it filled, and they were like, "Well, that'll be like $1,200," and I was like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm not used to paying that every year for it. It was less." There's a, there's a multitude of, pro, of problems within the within the model. But if I was point at one major one, it is that, again, when I say that the, the middlemen within the supply chain are incentivized to have higher prices, what I mean by that is you have insurance companies who contract with pharmacy benefit managers. Most people don't know what a, what a PBM is, uh, but they should because the top three are in the top 25 on the Fortune 500 list. So for our <laughs> listeners, you have an ID card. Yes. It might say United Healthcare, Anthem, Medical Mutual, and in the corner it'll say Express Scripts. It'll say CVS, Caremark. It'll say Optum. Yes. It'll the, say normally those three. Correct. That is a PBM. Correct. And most people have no idea what that little logo is in the right. corner. That's, uh, they know. That's who is the pharmacy benefit manager. Correct. Uh, they hitch their wagon to Anthem or Aetna or whoever it is. And most people just, it, it's kind of just an add-on. It's not necessarily something that the patient or in many times an employer is really aware of at least the, the depth of which that they, uh, that they provide. Yeah, nine times out of 10, if you ask someone, who's your pharmacy benefit manager, they'd say their health carrier, Anthem exactly. or United or Aetna, when in fact that's you know probably not the case. Yeah, and, and far, it, it, I think it speaks to something even bigger from a pharmacy perspective. I think that pharmacy benefits and what happens at the pharmacy in general has largely just been kind of an overlooked sector within healthcare. Uh, one of the things we work on at OPA is uh, trying to bring the message of what pharmacists can offer to help improve outcomes. But we've just gotten so used to just focusing on pharmacy as a drug spend and not necessarily something that could add value or improve outcomes. So I think that because of that philosophical shift um, and the philosophical idea that the PBM is just kind of an add-on and not necessarily a holistic part of that health plan, uh, we've kind of overlooked everything that's been going on on drug spend for the last 20, 30 years. And what's been happening is that... Yes, you tell know, us what's been happening. <laughs> that's what we all want to know. You've got, you've got a drug that was $100, like an EpiPen, that all of a sudden balloons to over $600 within just a couple years. 
and everyone's kind of scratching their head saying, what's going on? Well, what's going on is Mylan, the company that makes the EpiPen, and, and the CEO of the company said this in her congressional testimony, she said, look, we had to raise the price. Uh, don't blame us. Now, we made some minor modifications to the product, and we have some giveaway programs that we factor into the price. But in Heather Bresch's uh, testimony to Congress, she's the CEO of Mylan, she said, look, out of the $608 list price, about $300 of that we're keeping, and another 300, more than 300, so more than the share that they even take as the maker of the drug, it's going to members of the supply chain. And if you carve it up, you look at pharmacies might make $20, $30 on an EpiPen, they'd make a little bit more on that on a normal drug because of the training that you have to give the patient. And you have a wholesaler, the wholesaler is the, the ones who the pharmacies buy the drugs from, they might make $10, $15. Everything else that's left over out of that 300 is unaccounted for and goes back to the, the PBM, the pharmacy. Yeah, so manager. she came out publicly and said to the public, um, hey, this is not against you, the consumer. This is against your insurance companies. Correct. And then my quote back to her on Twitter was, last time I checked, health insurance is paid for by employers, by employees. Right. right. This is a personal attack back to the consumer because it's blatantly wrong. Mm -hmm. So when you think about this, is I'm a pharmacist, you represent a lot of them. I'm just curious. Um, so I don't have health care, and I go in and I need an EpiPen. I'm gonna pay $800. Mm -hmm. I have coverage, $600. I mean, pharmacists just must be absolutely wigged out. Like, how is this transaction actually even happening? And I'm curious why, why they haven't stood up and said, this is absolutely dysfunctional. I mean, if I'm looking at a single mom, oh, yeah. and I'm handing her a prescription, and it's costing her 80 bucks, and I've got a guy coming in, he might have Anthem or United, and it's $14. I mean, just morally and ethically inside, I don't, I don't have a really good feeling about that transaction. Yeah. So why haven't they stood up and said, this is, this is just wrong? Right. Are they, they part of the problem? Maybe they, I don't know. Well, maybe they the, have. The, the business model is part of the problem because the pharmacy is ultimately dependent on the patient, okay? Without patients, you have no business, okay? Uh, you have nobody to serve. In order to get access to the patient, you need to contract with the PBM, the pharmacy benefit manager. So that PBM represents, it could represent 30, 40% of all patient lives. A lot of people don't know this, and this is now getting some national attention then the contracts that pharmacies sign with a PBM, there are gag orders in those contracts that prohibit the pharmacist from telling the patient what's really going on with the true cost of the drug. Which right. is why I asked you that yes. question, because <laughs> this is it's why. unbelievable. Um, I, I, I would think morally and ethically, pharmacists are really frustrated by that. Extremely. I mean, it just, it twists them on the inside. And you're exactly right because they, they are not allowed to have those conversations with consumers. Right. They can't. And so, um, so you sent us an article, which I love. This and is an I, awesome I article. I wrote a white paper called Hood Robin. We all know what Robin Hood did. An awesome paper, by the way. And, and so uh, it kind of unpacks what we're talking about. Uh, and then this white paper is um, inside the Scorpion Room. Right. So this, this which is, is an awesome topic. We'll post this article on our on our on our healthierbirthdays.com blog. But it it talks about where drug price secrets are guarded, right, in the Scorpion Room. And I, I just that title just sucked me right in. But it, it talks specifically about the fact that certain parts of contracts are redacted. 
Um, certain people, you said gag order, which is effectively what it is. Auditors are, you know, they're allowed to come into this room and look at the contract and the pricing, but they're not allowed to take any parts of it out. And <laughs> it's, it's not allowed to be discussed. It's unbelievable. It's like Area 51. I mean, it is. It, it, it's crazy. Um, the, the, the old saying, secret secrets are no fun, secret secrets hurt someone. Uh, that is everything that goes on in Which is also, what you don't know won't hurt you, yeah. is a gigantic lie. Yeah, exactly. It's actually killing all of us. Yeah. yeah, and so, you know, part of what it talks about in this article is this Transformation Alliance, which if you followed this issue at all, you would have seen things about this, which are these 39 large employers that have banded together to try to start to eliminate some of those artificial limitations, right? To say, hey, we're not going to stand for this. We need to see everything you have. So they're really pushing for that. Now, when the rest of the population can start to benefit from that, I mean... That's my big concern is that I think with the Health Transformation Alliance, which is the big boys, I mean, it's Coca-Cola, Macy's, American Express, uh, those are companies that have big weight to throw around. Um, my fear is, is that uh, the PBM industry, generally speaking, because I, I, I hate to paint them all as bad actors, but... Um, my fear is is that the large companies are going to reap the benefits of this. Yeah, they'll be catered to. Yeah. And your mid-size and small ones. So are, gonna, we're going to squeeze, squeeze the, the balloon. balloon again. Yep, yep. yep. and yep. they'll end up paying more. It, it, maybe maybe exactly. in, the, in the short term, maybe in the long term. Yeah, uh, it, it, I'll give you a little anecdote. When, so pharmacies are obviously, they're, they're health care providers, but they're also employers. So I've got some mid-size pharmacies that have started to ask questions of their uh, health plan. And because they're, we're figuring out what's going on with spread pricing and, and some of the hidden numbers. Well, they asked their, uh, their broker, say, hey, would you mind uh, asking the PBM that we're contracted with, can we see what is actually being billed on, this, on those prescriptions that are getting filled at our pharmacy? And they're told, no, no. absolutely not. <laughs> so, you know, here- That's a problem. It's a major problem. It's a major problem. It's, it's a, the PBM, the general PBM message is, we're saving you money, just don't ask us how. Don't make us prove it. Um, very clearly, this has been very financially profitable for them, the way that this setup has been. In the Scorpion Room, uh, where these rebates are basically audited halfway, if you read the article, you'll see that the only people that are allowed to audit a PBM are people that are mutually agreed upon between uh, the actual um, the the plan and the PB or I'm sorry the the payer and the PBM. Yeah, I think the big issue too because I'm a big fan of capitalism, right? Absolutely. What this country was founded on. The issue is the fact that uh, what's happening in this environment is um, quite frankly it's just an overabundance of greed. Yeah. I mean horrific, horrific greed, and the single mom, right? is paying that and yeah. it's and it's blatantly wrong so at mcgowan brabender we, we have this technology where we actually vet um somebody that's outside of our industry not connected to a pbm where we can take the pharmacy data push it into a pipe and then vet it against three or four pbms mm. and be able to disclose that and say here's the price difference between here and here and then we said well that that's fantastic that's great i'm like no 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 it's even it's even better than that because it gets deep into the contract language, which hands the rebates back to where they belong, you know, back Absolutely. to the real payer of healthcare, employers and employees. Uh, and um, and right now, many of those rebates are going to the PBMs correct. in most of most of these arrangements. 
they estimate that a PBM might take about 10 to 15 percent of all those rebates. The thing and the reason that the auditors are very important, I'll give you an example like the EpiPen. A lot of times the contracts that are developed between the employer and the PBM state that they'll pass along rebates only for a 30 or 90 day supply of a medication. So if, using the example of the EpiPen that I just gave you, there are PBM contracts that would not require the PBM to pass along any of those $300 back to the employer or, the, or, or over to the patient. Um, we're talking about 50% of the overall right. list price of a right. drug. Yeah. Because an EpiPen typically has, I mean, it, and you have to look at the expiration date because I got caught with this. It usually has a year, maybe 13 months. I had a script filled for one that had a four month expiration on it and I didn't check before I took it. That yeah. burned me up. I had to so from twice. the highest level, if you think about this, so you've got manufacturers, lines of them, and then you have wholesalers. So I think of this as like logistics. Mm -hmm. So I've got this, this gigantic manufacturing sector that manufacture prescription drugs. And they spend billions on research. And yeah. actually we're living longer because of a lot of prescription drugs. Right. Absolutely. I mean, so let, let's not let's not destroy them. There's a service they provide. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And then they send it to the wholesalers. I and like they, to see that as distribution to pharmacy. They have yep. to get it. Right. They have to get it in the supply chain somehow. Yeah, so they right. go from here to here. And then the PBMs of the world sit there and negotiate those prices mm -hmm. by saying, I'll put you on the list but here's the VIG, right? Yeah. Right. Here's exactly. the VIG if you go on the list. And the PBMs are then distribution to the consumer. Correct. And um, the issue and sometimes is... sometimes to the pharmacies. To the pharmacy. Right. And then, yeah. Some of the issue is the fact that of this dollar, 34% um, of it goes, 34 cents of it goes underneath the counter. Yep. And your members, right, are saying, hey, I just want to know where that's, where that's going. Yeah. Like, what happened? What happened to that? The pharmacists Absolutely. aren't necessarily getting that money. No. I mean, no. it's not going to them. That's the point. But I think the general population, I think, you know, my, take my mom, for example. I think she thinks that the pharmacy's making that money. Correct. And that's, that's one of many misunderstandings about what happens in a pharmacy transaction from manufacturer to patient. I mean, it is very complicated. Hey, I, I don't think, know if you have this number, but I'm really curious. And, yeah. and, and we're going a little long, but this is fascinating. All right. You deal with a lot of pharmacy, so I'm curious. So if I'm a pharmacy, what percentage of my revenue is prescription drugs mm -hmm. versus other. other stuff that I sell inside of a pharmacy? It, it really depends on, on the practice mm -hmm. setting. So if you were to look at an independent pharmacy, they're typically more practice oriented, less front end uh, heavy. There'll be about 90% of their revenue is buried in behind the counter, okay? Mm -hmm. If you were to go to a chain pharmacy, it's estimated around 20 to 30 percent. Okay. Um, obviously, that, that that can vary, and obviously, your grocery store pharmacy or your yeah. WalMarts, it's more of a front end deal. And what's interesting in that, and this is just my opinion, and you probably know the answer, my margin or the money that I make on you know Hallmark cards and ice cream and suckers is probably much wider. Correct. than the margin that I make in a prescription drug transaction. Is yeah. that is that accurate? And Scott just took us yeah. to a 1950s pharmacy. So What, ice cream? <laughs> ice cream and suckers and all our cards. <laughs> no, but the point is well taken. Yeah, yeah, on a prescription drug transaction, I mean you could have a you could have a, a $5,000 drug and make $13 on it. Yeah. Um, right. But, you know, same same deal, you could have a $5 drug and make $20 on it. 
there's no rhyme or reason to how this stuff is priced or reimbursed. And uh, it's created a lot, of, a lot of heartache in pharmacy. We've lost 90 pharmacies in the last year, sharpest decline in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and the PBM, um, you know, if you don't like them, buy their stock because it's soaring. Yep. <laughs> so as, as we kind of wrap up here, if you think about, one, we'll put out uh, on our site this Inside the Scorpion Room white paper. We'll, we'll put out uh, Hood Robin again. Right. But h- how can our listeners help, help you? It's a good question. I mean, I would say, obviously, you have a lot of employers that are listening to this. The best thing that people can do is ask questions. Uh, how we basically found out that there were problems in this marketplace is I had a meeting in Wilmington, Ohio, with a pharmacist, and the then representative, state representative became Speaker of the Ohio House. We were looking at drug uh, transactions where a pharmacy was getting under-reimbursed on a claim by $60. They've taken a $60 hit. Well, that pharmacist was able to see and get with an employer to see what was getting billed. It was over $160 beyond what that pharmacist got. So there was $160 of spread between what was paid to the pharmacy and billed back to the plant sponsor, the employer. That state representative who became Speaker of the House in Ohio said, there's a problem here, all right? And we need to start exposing some, uh, some of these numbers so that employers have more information for what to go on. And Ohio law is one, we're one of the only states in the country they actually require that spread to be disclosed to the employer. Um, if you're an employer, you have to stop overlooking the pharmacy benefits and start right. asking questions. Yeah. Yeah. No, we appreciate that. And um, we're about transparency. We're about disruption. We're about representing um, the payer of healthcare, the employers, and the their employees. So we appreciate the work you're doing, and we appreciate you being with us today. Oh, thanks for asking the question. Thanks for poking the bear. Hey, it's, I love doing it. I do too, <laughs> I do too. We wanna to make sure we provoke people to think differently, reveal new opportunities, Absolutely. right? Encourage action and provide a clear path because what's happening in this sector is wrong. And if we work together, we can fix it. Amen. So thanks for joining us on Side Effects. Thanks. Thanks for listening and opening your mind. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach us at scott at healthierbirthdays.com. Or Ann at healthierbirthdays.com. We hope you'll join us next time on, on Side, Side Effects. Effects.